Welcome to The Sway Effect, a podcast series featuring the innovators, disruptors, movers, and shakers that are shaping the marketing communications industry today. I'm Jennifer Risi, the founder and president of The Sway Effect. Together, we will explore what's now and what's next and the trends that are shaping our industry today. This month, The Sway Effect is celebrating our fourth birthday, and I cannot believe how far we have come. For the latest episode of the podcast, I'm joined by two of my fellow founders, Tanya DiPoli, founder and COO of Founders, and Alvaro Melendez, co-founder and CEO of Krant. I met both of these amazing leaders during our time together at Ogilvy, and when we all decided to strike out on our own, we decided to partner and never look back. Hi, team. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, hi. Hi. Before we begin, I wanted to ask each of you to share with our listeners a little bit about your role, your organization, and your journey. Amazing. I'll go first. Perfect. Uh, awesome. So uh, I'm Tanya DePoli, I'm Chief Operating Officer and Founder at Founders Agency. Um, I met Jen when we were both at Ogilvy. Uh, during my time at Ogilvy, I was the GM for Ogilvy Miami, worked very closely with the LATAM region. Um, I was at Ogilvy for about eight years. Uh, and then when one day I decided it was time to kind of uh, flip the switch and make a big change and try independent life. Uh, and that's when I partnered uh, with Chicha Agos Carreño. He was also at um, Ogilvy at the time. And we started Founders in the agency that is now turning four as well in a couple of months. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> Alvaro? Yeah, so I also met Jennifer at Ogilvy. I was at Ogilvy like for many years, more than I can remember. <laughs> and I was a director of planning for a North Latin American region based in Colombia. And when I started Krant in 2008 with my partners, we were looking for ways to integrate artificial intelligence into the creative business. And that's actually what Krant stands for, creativity and technology, and how we can make brand building measurable because it was being uh, pretty much left behind after all the performance marketing hype so we've been up to that since the last, yeah, five years. And um, yeah, happy to partner with you guys. You were so ahead of the curve, my friend, with the fact that uh, you were doing AI before it was all the rage, right? Yeah, back in the time, we, we were not allowed to say it was AI. Like, <laughs> you know, most most people were like, yeah, AI. But uh, like the real people that knew were like, no, we're not AI yet. We're We're, we're doing machine learning. But I feel now we're all happy to say AI, but yeah, it was hard. You know that we had to explain a lot to most people and most people uh, had a, had you know trouble understanding how, how this could be useful. But now I think uh, ChatGPT has definitely helped. It's literally part of every news story that I see on CNBC pretty much every 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's completely yeah. changed everything. So I want to ask both of you, you know, we've all started companies first, we went through COVID, then now we're dealing with a very challenging economic time. What's your take on what's happening and how you're navigating? Tanya? So on our side, um, I think COVID obviously was a big surprise. Both of us started our agencies right before COVID. Yes. So when COVID hit, I, I remember saying, what did we do? Like, you know, we had our, our salaries and we were covered and now we have the responsibility of all these people that work for us and actually we use it to our advantage because i think we were that model that was more nimble agile more cost efficient and that's what uh you know clients needed during that difficult time 
Um, and that taught us a lot for what we're experiencing now, which is more resilience versus, you know, being scared, you know? So I think now everybody is, especially, especially clients and brands are being a little bit, um, you know, walking on the safe side, don't want to spend too much. They don't know if we're going to go into a recession. Everybody's talking about a recession year. And yet here we are halfway through the year. It still hasn't happened. The economy is holding on. It's being resilient. So I think on our side, again, that's the learning, you know, um, need to navigate with calm, but also, you know, not being scared to continue to hire, not being scared to continue to grow because um, that's what, you know, we need to do right now to continue um, the way we're going. Yeah, I think for, for us, COVID was like really, really bad because we had just recently launched the company and we wanted to focus on travel and tourism, right? <laughs> so the worst idea you could have at that moment and literally like two weeks after we launched the company, we went into lockdown and we're like, basically, okay, let's do something else because there's no work for us now. Um, and that was actually the moment when we started partnering with the Sway Effect. And because of, you know, being open to new possibilities, we ended up in, in MedTech, right? So, uh, you know, th things that happen. So I think for us, same, same as for you and Tanya uh, and founders, is being creative, staying open, staying positive, knowing it will it will get better. I'm sorry, my baby is like screaming in the back. Uh, so um, that was super important. And now to what's coming, I think what we figured out is that when these crises happen, uh, people tend to focus on the fundamentals and like on what's really, really important. And since we are in the brand space, I feel like luckily, marketers are starting to talk more about, hey, brand is important because brands master crisis is better than, you know, brands that are less valuable. So people are understanding that there's a, it's maybe difficult to, to measure, but brand is important. Creativity is important. Differentiation is so important. So I think that benefits companies like ours that are focused on superior creativity, you know, brand building, uh, this type of things. So I'm, I'm positive through the crisis. One of the things that we did when, when I first started the agency several years back was like Alvaro, I had a couple of travel clients and I was not a healthcare expert and who knew it was around the corner. And I remember a friend of mine reached out to me and he goes, you should pitch this med tech company I work for. And over, that's what Alvaro was talking about. I, we brought Crant in over time. But who knew that we would have this med tech company that was our client that became an anchor for the business as we grew and helped us to sustain ourselves and actually become this anchor just mm -hmm. to, to, to go forward. But we were not experts in healthcare. Yeah, we're good at PR and we're good at helping brands see value. But we were hired for one assignment and quickly had to pivot to help this hundred something old brand company that never did proactive PR find a way to navigate because they had no choice but to be front and center based on what was going on. And that's one lesson that I learned from working at Ogilvy because we all know when you didn't have enough things to do, you were the one that were susceptible to be gone. And I always had a diversified client portfolio from the days of Ogilvy. And that's how I'm running Sway today is not no two clients are in the same industry. Mm -hmm. And we just like when med tech might be coming down, travel's now going up. We're, we're expecting one of the best travel years ever now. So it's all cyclical, but I think that's enabled us to kind of navigate because 
if I think if we only did one type of industry, I think it would have really hurt us. Totally. So I don't know. I think like right now we're just, we're in unforeseen times because everyone's talking about an economic downturn that's coming and we haven't seen it, but yet you have some clients that are being resilient and are mm -hmm. moving forward. And you have others that are literally like, I, I can't afford this, yep. but yet you're still making billions every quarter. So something doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. What do you both think of that? Uh, I think, I think uh, there's, there's definitely like this again. And I think PR and media plays such a huge role in it because there's so much you're here every day. Like we're on the brink of it. We're on the brink of it. And then it doesn't happen. And our clients are having again, like amazing first Q1 and Q2, but still scared to continue or, or increase their investments for Q3, Q4, because they think it's still coming, yeah. you know? So it, we've experienced it all year with, you know, cutbacks on budgets. Um, we saw it a lot on the creative side on reduction of, of the amount of production. So just like not wanting to go shoot new ads, not wanting to go do new stuff and kind of recycle, reuse, because that's where we can save. save. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing uh, a little different things because uh, like a couple of years ago, uh, everyone was like, yeah, AI is awesome and that's cool. And, you know, but it's like in the future, like we're not there yet. We don't need to do that now. We're not going to invest in technology because we don't need it. But like in a matter of like two weekends, uh, every company was using AI and every company knew what AI was and every a person on LinkedIn was an AI uh, expert. And suddenly like, you know, AI became core to the business and they don't, like most companies don't even know what they're doing. So uh, for us, it's more like now it's it's the time to look for, okay, where's where's like all the smoke and, and, and where's the real value? But uh, I think it's super interesting because finally we're seeing like, okay, this has like real life applications and this is important for us as a company and this can help grow our business, our brand. So for us, it's becoming more like um, helping navigate th this, this, this situation. And um, interesting enough, because what we're doing is applying AI to the brands. Also on the other side, again, like we've seen this, and I remember when we had the creative quarantine talks with Jennifer and she was saying like, hey, you know, like better brands are more resilient and go better through crises. I think that's becoming like commonly known now because we lived through that pandemic. Mm -hmm. So now brands are starting to understand that, hey, yes, I need to save money maybe because I'm afraid that, you know, something's gonna happen, but probably not a good idea to, to, to cut on my brand. Like, I don't wanna lower the, the quality of the perception of my brand. Maybe I need to cut somewhere else or maybe I can plan differently. But we've seen that. So the interest in how can I grow my brand? How can I improve my brand metrics? For us, we're seeing that being um, more asked for, more relevant. I want to ask you one more question before we move on to something else. Alvaro, you know, as you said, everyone that we know today is thinking they have some sort of opinion on AI. They are an AI expert, as you said. For the folks listening to this, that are functioning in our world, because most of the people that listen to this podcast are in the marketing, advertising, communications industry. What do people need to know about AI? How is it going to impact how we do our job? Yeah, that, oof, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. 
So it's going to impact our job in many different fronts. So the, the you know, first, first hypothesis that people used to have like, hey, AI is not creative. That is not true. Like AI can be super creative. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to replace our creativity, but it also doesn't mean that it's just not creative. So I think in our industry, there's a lot of ego and there's a lot of people that think they're all like unbeatable and not vulnerable to technology. That is not true. Everyone is. So the best way to do that is understand how the technology can help me make a better job. I'm still going to be part of that job for sure. Like, like creatives and most of us will, but we need to understand it. We need to understand it and see where is a good application that helps me generate a bigger impact, save time, save money. That's great. Where do I need to come in as an editor or, you know, as a lead to make sure that, and you mentioned DEI, for example, to make sure that this is not um, like perpetuating biases, for example, or that this is not just, you know, like a crazy thing that doesn't work because we're still uh, strategic brand builders, most, most of marketing folks, right? So we need to make sure of that. But there's a lot of things that AI can do much better than we do. And I think most, most people have experienced a little bit with ChatGPT. Of course, it's not perfect, but it saves time. We, I think what I would like to encourage people to think is like, where can AI help you make your job better, not replace it, but make it better? And where do you need to come, to come in to make sure that that AI is doing a better job? So it's like a twofold thing, you know. Gotcha. Does that answer the question? It does. I switched it up and gave you a different question. So you did well. <laughs> Tanya, you and I just came back from Can Lions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're seeing new and different types of networks popping up. You and I are part of different independent agencies. What did you what did you think there? What was what was the work like? You know, how are new agency models continuing to change our industry? So I think one of the things that we saw was that the indie world really rocked this can, and it makes me happy to see it. Um, I think we we saw you know other indie uh, agencies who won the biggest prizes at can, which is you know um, unprecedented. It's yeah. huge. It's unprecedented, um, and it shows you that that's the way we're going. And it also shows you that the best creative is coming out of these indie agencies. Um, the, the other thing that I saw is that the networks are too focused, the traditional networks are too focused on the eternal war that they have amongst themselves as to who has X amount of points, et cetera, et cetera. And they're too focused on, you know, kind of winning the title of best network of the year and not so much focused on the work. That's a little bit what I'm what I'm seeing. I think in terms of network models, um, we're both part of by the network indie, uh, you know, independent agencies that came together, but we all still own our own agencies. Yeah. Um, and I think that model is about collaboration uh, and calling each other when we need a helping hand. And, you know, do you know this person or should we work on a pitch together? And that's being able to approach global clients uh, as with one united front, um, but still ma maintaining our freedom, which is what, you know, an indie agency stands for. So I do think that there's more and more of that. And we're going to see more and more of this as years continue to, to, to go past. And it makes me happy because it means that the kind of indie world that we all jumped into a couple of years ago is is really thriving. 
I think as from, you know, from seeing some of the work, from seeing just even some of the talks and I even the talks that are off the main stage, like some of the, the side conversations, I thought, you know, some of the, the the work that we were coming out of, as you said, some of the indie agencies were some of the best things I've ever seen. And it's it's challenging how we work. And I know, you know, being an indie agency was was cool a couple of years ago, but like now the work is really coming to fruition. Totally. Before years ago, it was cool to be indie. Now it's cool and also a business, like good business, you know? So I think that's what we're seeing now, you know, that indie agencies are saying like, oh yeah, like we took the brink, but yeah, and we're now very successful financially as well, which is really important to sustain your business. So I think that that's something that I really saw at Cannes this year. It makes me really happy for a lot of indie partners. Couldn't agree more. Alro, um, you know, a lot of the stuff you and I have worked on has a DNI focus. And, you know, but blending what we were talking about earlier, machine learning, AI, data intelligence, and D and DNI, you know, you created um recently, actually not recently, because I have no concept of time anymore, a lot more than recently, the DNI barometer of how you work with brands to help them assess where they are from, you know, a DNI perspective to really get a, a temperature and a pulse of what they're doing well and what they need to do better. You know, Sway, as you know, everything we do has DNI at the center. Talk a little bit about how the conversations have evolved with the brand you're working with, not only with your core work, but specifically relating to the DNI barometer, which I have to tell you, a lot of people, a lot of brands I work with always want to know what that is. Yeah. So that's also like an interesting concept. And I think this is a great moment to talk about it, but because I mean, you guys have seen the news, right? Like so many uh D, like senior DEI folks leaving big companies. There's like a big, like, okay, is this like a trend that is over now? So what's what's like going on? And of course it's not because the consumers are not going to go anywhere and the consumers are not going to like suddenly forget about what they stand for and the companies that they want to buy from. So that's not going to go away. I think the interesting thing about the DEI barometer that we created with you guys is that, of course, there's the understanding, and I think it's only half the truth, right? That companies understand that DI means you have, you know, you look at your pay gap, you look at your hiring, you look at your people analytics, you look at like internally what's going on. Maybe you do something like a program through HR and that's like DI. Reality is that is DI, but that's only a little piece of it because your brand touches probably millions of people every day with messaging. Now that messaging is exponentially more influential than anything that you're doing internal. So if your brand is talking to the world and DI is not a core of that brand, that message probably is gonna be biased. Probably you're perpetuating bad ideas. Probably you're committing mistakes. <laughs> like uh, but but wiser or you know so many other brands that do uh, things so what the di barometer does is it looks at your external brand from a dei lens or through a dei lens in each all of its or all of its pillars right uh, sexual identity gender identity race and ethnicity age there's so many different pillars to dei that people tend to like think it's only race or it's only gender and then they forget that there's also disability or there's you know also body positivity. There's so many things. Anyway, um, what we've been up to is that I think brands are trying to understand that now, not there yet, but figuring out like, hey, turns out we do a 
big impact in the world with what we do and what we stand for or not. And hey, you know what? It turns out that's also a good business, right? Tanya's point. It's not just uh, because I want to say something that sounds good. It's also because I'm becoming relevant for this new generation that is so much more aware of what older generations were because you know we're seeing a cultural shift and education has changed and all that, except Florida, right? Florida. <laughs> Florida is a like Florida is a different story so let's not go there because I'm going to cry but um everywhere else in the world that happens right so we're seeing more and more brands trying to ask the right questions and I think that's a good start like hey what can I do with my brand how do I measure that am I doing this right or not oh turns out DI is not just this you know uh, so we've been Almost like uh, like we were 2018 training about what um, AI is and what it can do. Now we're like explaining what DI can be and what it can do for a brand. And we've also seen like great examples like uh, North Face, what they did in, in the during during Pride Month. So there's people doing a good job. What like what Barbie is doing right now, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's bad examples. But I think, um, so what the DI barometer it does is it puts number behind the, those ideas. It helps you understand it and it makes it really tangible so that everyone, we had this question once like, who is the DI barometer for? It's for everyone touching the brand. Anyone doing anything, is it social? Is it paid? Is it internal communication? Whatever it is, you need to understand that DEI should be core to the brand. So everyone that touches it should know about it. So yeah, that's what the DEI barometer does. It helps guide that conversation. So adding on adding on to that, Alvaro, what do you see as next? What's next for the DNI barometer? What's next for Cramp for the rest of the year? So for the DEI barometer, I think it's it's becoming so let's say it's a bad, it's it's a bad thing to see this senior DEI um, roles disappear, but I hope they become more integral to all of the C-suite, right? This shouldn't be like just one person thinking about DEI, it should all of the C-suite thinking about DEI. So I think with the DEI barometer is happening something similar, it's, it's, it's coming closer to the brand. So whatever your brand is, DEI is in the middle of that. So that, for example, we normally measure brand love, which means how positive is your um, relationship with your audiences, right? And just in general. And then once you start doing the DI barometer as part of that, those should be like balance. I always like to say that a brand is like music where you have all these different instruments and each instrument needs to sound perfectly on its own, but they also need to sound perfectly together. So DI should be like, you know, almost like the director of that of that brand. Like everything goes and flows within that brand. And what's next for Cramp? So we're now heading towards to a marketing AI conference because again, suddenly this is mainstream and suddenly like everyone needs uh, that. And we're working with a lot of, since um, most of our listeners are gonna be marketing folks, and agency folks, we're, we're doing a lot of new business for agencies that want to make DI, for example, uh, part of their pitch, right? So they want to incorporate it from the start. 
from the get-go, they want to have uh, brand building measurements, DEI measurements from the start, from the marketing perspective. So they are hiring us to help them with a with a pitch, for example. So we're doing a lot of that. So we're doing a lot of brand audits, for example, like, hey, where am I? Where should I go? So we're 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 doing going more into this consulting space where people understand the need of it, don't know how to apply it, but they need like people, someone to guide them. So we're doing that, and we of course keep doing the software as a service, just licensing the tools and helping people have the information they need to have the impact in the world that we want them to have. Right, Tanya, what's next for founders? Founders and myself. Um, and myself. Um, so for founders, uh, we uh, recently started working for Spotify. So we're doing a lot of work for them in the LATAM region. A lot of big campaigns coming our way for the second half of the year. So we're very excited about that. Um, we also just finished launching um, We Love NYC, which was a huge campaign here in the city of New York. There's been a follow-up of that campaign happening now between um, the MTA, Shutterstock, and the city of New York. Um, so yeah, still kind of engaging with, with that, which is, is pretty large for us. Um, and then we have a couple of fun Netflix launches happening. We work for Netflix and Paramount plus, which is interesting. And, um, a couple series launches happening this year. Um, and yeah, we're, we're excited to kind of continue growing in this second half. We've reached, um, 60 people on our staff, which is it's a lot That's larger. Than, it's a lot larger than we ever wanted to be, uh, and I've said this is our tops. <laughs> like we only. Um, so yeah, it's 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 an interesting time because we grew a lot really fast in this last year. So uh, kind of continuing to consolidate and continue to kind of build with the team that we have. So um, Chech and I have been and, and are going to continue traveling amongst all our different offices just to uh, continue sort of team building because we're not no longer in COVID and we need that sort of that's great in 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 space uh, I love that you come to the office I think it's something that you need you need that human interaction with people so we're excited for that they like it I mean I it wasn't something we mandated it just organically happened it's the same for us I mean our our different um offices are going in twice a week now and people love it they love leaving their house they love interacting like I love it too you know that's why I was like let's meet in person that's <laughs> so uh so yeah I definitely think it's it's something really positive um and going back to something that I heard at Cannes which I thought was fantastic Susan Hoffman who won um Lioness of St. Mark's um from White and Kennedy she ended her whole speech saying um, if I could say one thing, it's if you want to do good work, go back to the office. And I was like, totally. You know, she was like, big ideas do not happen over Zoom. So it was like, you know, um, 100%. So I like, I really like that. <laughs> well, thank you both for being here. I have the final word, how we usually end the podcast. So one last thing from each of you. Uh, Tanya, you go first. Uh, what's one piece of advice you would give our listeners who are considering founding their own agency? Uh, do it. Don't look back. Don't doubt it for a second. Um, I'd say having that freedom is the best thing in the world. That uh, rush and adrenaline of uh, owning your your own thing and being an entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, you can never take me out of that ever again. So I would say if you're doubting it, then take the brink. Don't look back and enjoy the ride. Alro? Yeah, I would say... Um know that it's not going to be like what you think it's going to be <laughs> for sure. So be ready for surprises. Understand that that's the journey. It's going to be up and downs and um, get the fundamentals right from the start. Like before you like have a vision, 
even if it doesn't go like that, but have a vision. What are your brand pillars? What are your values? What do you stand for? What are you, what are you going to do? What are you not going to do? And have that very, very clear before you start doing it. Because when you're on the street and you start, you know, having to uh, get clients, you might be more willing to make sacrifices and, and, and commitments and make sure that you don't um, basically go against your own values, right? Because you might. Well, thank you both for being here. I'll just say, you know, one thing I've loved the most about being an entrepreneur is the camaraderie and the collaboration and just other entrepreneurs being there for each other. I know every time I ask either one of you to, for anything, even if it's finding some person we need help with for a pitch, I know you always respond. So all I can say is thank you continued success to all of us and um on to the next and happy birthday to the sway thank you <laughs> yeah happy birthday thank you for tuning into the sway effect our podcast series from our network of innovators disruptors movers and shakers that are changing the marketing communications industry today keep up with the latest by following reviewing and subscribing to all things that we're doing by checking out our website at www.theswayeffect.com let us know what you thought of today's episode by leaving a comment on our LinkedIn and Instagram at The Sway Effect or on Twitter at Sway Effect. <laughs>